You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. A very good day to you wherever you may be. It's Alicia here. I host the Bride Chiller podcast, this very podcast that you're listening to. And I am delighted today to revisit one of the most popular topics, subjects, themes that has ever graced this podcast's presence. Not said very correctly. The fuck it bucket. This all started back in episode 286 of the Bride Chiller podcast. So in, in Bride Chiller terms, actually not that long ago because this is episode 322 of the show. So way back when, not that far ago, I was introduced to the fuck it bucket on a Reddit threaded. Reddit threaded? That's not a real thing. A Reddit thread. What a doofus. And then I thought this would be a great topic for the show. I just did a little ranty episode, which I titled The Fuck It Bucket, and it went off in a really good way. That's a very Australian term. It went off, mate. It was fucking great. And it ended up becoming a chapter in the Bride Chiller Survival Guide. And as I said, one of the most popular episodes. And I think the episode that really just captures what I want Bride Chiller to be about, the ethos of this here movement. And if you haven't listened to it, it's not going to affect your enjoyment of this episode because there's lots of great new perspectives and suggestions in this, the sequel. But I'd highly recommend popping back into the back catalogue and checking it out. That's episode 286. There's also an accompanying blog. And as I mentioned, there is one of the biggest chapters in the Bride Chiller Survival Guide, My Wedding Planning Guides, that were released this year. And uh, it goes through all of my suggestions. If you are a new listener to the Bride Chiller podcast and you were thinking, what the fuck is she talking about? The fuck it bucket. What is this thing? Very simply, the fuck it bucket is an imaginary or for, you know, you could be a real thing. I've seen bride chillers actually make fuck it buckets, which is amazing. It is a vessel where you can place all of the expectations, DIY projects, things that you thought were important to wedding planning and beyond and really, in fact, aren't. Sometimes it's very empowering to put these things in the fuck it bucket and you'll see as a member of the Bride Chiller community, if you have joined the Facebook group, people will refer to the FIB, the fuck it bucket. And they'll ask questions like, save the dates. Are they fuck it bucket worthy or do you think they're worth doing? And one thing you'll hear throughout this episode is the people that I've asked to contribute and myself. I want to reiterate that the fuck it bucket is a totally personal thing. You may find something that you want to smash deep, deep, deep inside that fuck it bucket and put a lot of lighter fluid on it and burn it up. And someone else might be going, actually, I'm going to take that out before you light that match. I'd like to take that out of the fuck it bucket because it's very important to me. So I want you to listen to these episodes and read the blogs and books and really take it from the perspective of this is your choice. This is absolutely something that you will decide what you want to put in it and what you want to take out of it, what's important to you. So I don't want you to listen to things and go, oh, I've got a guest book. Uh, fuck, fuck you, Alicia. You've put it in the fucker bucket and I fucking love a guest book. Fuck, I hate you. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. I'm just making suggestions. I think the fuck it bucket to me is a symbol of really empowering yourself to make decisions that are right for you. 
And I personally use the fuck it bucket outside of wedding planning. I'm married, by the way. But you can transition the fuck it bucket into every stage of your life. And I think it's a wonderful thing. And uh, Rich and I are often putting things in the fuck it bucket that we think are important, but actually aren't. Today, I wanted to ask our Bride Chiller Vendor Directory members. These are vendors who have joined our directory. These are people who absolutely connect with the Bride Chiller ethos and provide services and very skilled things to Bride Chillers. So I asked some of our directory members if they would be willing to contribute from their perspective because I often think vendors as well as being just people that know their shit, they see a lot of stuff, they experience things, they know what works, what doesn't. And also they see trends come and go and all this bullshit that that sort of gets thrown in our faces as bride chillers and groom chillers. And then they carry on with their careers and businesses and see all the trends disappear again. So for me, this just seemed like the perfect opportunity to ask them what they've seen come and go, what things actually mean something as vendors, especially in their area of expertise. We've got photographers, planners, videographers contributing to this episode, a bunch of really skilled, interesting people who all have their own take on what they think is important and things that you could just really just fuck off, put straight in the fuck it bucket, crush it. There it is. I'm going to pop in and out, obviously, throughout this episode, but I really want to um, take this as a chance to introduce you to these wonderful people and also expand and broaden our fuck it bucket horizons. Let's kick this off with the wonderful Cindy Savage. Hi, I'm Cindy Savage, queer feminist wedding planner at Isle Less Traveled, and I think you should throw literally everything directly in the fuck it bucket for starters. And then sit down with your partner and decide what kind of wedding you want to have. And only after you've figured that out, dig through the fuck it bucket and pull out just the things that apply to you and leave everything else and everyone else's expectations right there in the bucket. So succinct. So correct, Cindy Savage. Other people's expectations and knowing what you want before you do anything is such a great piece of advice. I bang on and on and on and on and on and on about you people sitting down when you get get engaged or even fuck if you're two weeks away from getting married. If you there is something that's not sitting well with you and you haven't had a discussion about it with your partner and uh, or if they're not contributing or whatever to be able to go is there something not working? Is something not vibing with you about this wedding? Is there something we can change? Is there something we can amend? Can we add something to it? It makes the world of difference when you are collaborative and you make that make that happen. So Cindy, you are correct. Put everything in the fuck it bucket and then remove things as you go. Such a great reverse fuck it bucket strategy. Yes, good start. I, of course, put the call out to you bride chillers on the bride chiller community. So what are you going to put in your fucker bucket? I'm doing a new episode. And we had 181 comments. So I, I can't physically say everyone's, but I want to share some of the highlights. And I just love the way people are thinking about this now. And I love that this has, for many people, just altered their perception of what is possible with getting rid of shit, basically. Amy Probert said... Garter toss, bouquet toss, hotel blocks, chair covers. The condom description from an earlier episode is the most fitting thing I've ever heard. Table garlands, flower girl. The list continues to grow the closer we get. Yes. I think 
the flower girl and the page boy so many people said that now look it's lovely to get kids involved but it can also be a fucking nightmare it can be crazy children are unpredictable even though it's cliche to say never work with with kids and animals i think if you can avoid getting small humans into tiny little suits that they'll grow out of in 2 weeks and having to give them a task that they don't understand because they're thinking about Peppa Pig or whatever the fuck kids think about and uh, sending them down the aisle and everyone's like oh this is great or they have a meltdown and you know one in a hundred will do something hilarious that you can monetize on YouTube and the rest will just make you feel crazy sometimes it's best to avoid having them involved or dress them up and just have them in photos giving children tasks tiny people tasks can be really challenging and they're harder to train than dogs they really are they've got free will I enjoyed Bride Chiller Amy's response because it's one of those topics that just comes up constantly in the community and that is stressing about how people will handle the no kids at the wedding thing. She says, while my future husband and I haven't really cared about it, it has caused drama on both sides and mum has tried to get me to change my mind so while I wasn't stressing about it, now I have her in my head and I'm tossing that in the fuck it bucket. She obviously didn't use that emphasis of bucket, but I thought it was appropriate. Speaking of family expectations and obligations, I think Alyssa's piece of advice ties in very well with that. Hi, this is Alyssa with Kivas and Camera. My husband John and I are a wedding photography team based out of Durham, North Carolina. And what I think that couples should put in the fuck it bucket are other people's opinions and expectations. Um, It's definitely important that you want your friends and family to have a good time, and that's really what we look for in our couples, are people who want to have a lot of fun at their weddings. But don't let your friends and family dictate your wedding planning process. At the end of the day, the wedding is about the two of you and your love, so you really should be doing things that reflect what you value in life and what you value in one another. Maybe that means you're incorporating something that 99% of people would never consider, or maybe it means you're cutting out something that everybody else does. And that's awesome because that's what makes the wedding yours. So what I'm saying is don't just do something because you saw it on Pinterest or because your mom wants you to do it. Don't worry about what other people think. If it doesn't suit your personalities, then fuck it. Correct. 100% you get 10 gold stars, Alyssa, and that's why you're a bride chiller vendor. It is hard. I know people write to me and they say, Alicia, it's really easy for you to say this stuff, but you should text my mom and tell me. And I am available. I am available to text, to call, to email all of your parents and have a chat with them if that is what it takes for you to get this shit done and for you to actually achieve something you want to achieve. I'm not even shitting you. I'm not kidding Write to me. This could become a whole problem. Write to me and I'll ring mum. I'd love it if you'd let me record the conversation, but that's probably not going to (laughs) happen. It is challenging. I'm not going to lie to you. I know a lot of us are in our 20s and 30s and we've gone along with a lot of our parental stuff to keep them happy for all of our lives. And that's great because that's life. That's being a human. That's getting stuff done. Sometimes it's easier to allow people to just say their bit and go, let it wash over you and move on with your life. Or I'll do that because it's going to keep you happy and shut you up. But I do agree with Alyssa. There are moments in life that you really have to step up, take charge and do what's right for you. And this is the moment, regardless of who's paying for it. I'm really excited in a few um, 
weeks to do an episode just looking at uh, money and wedding donors. We've been doing these money series, um, the episodes we've had recently with Shana Game. She's from Your Millennial Money podcast and lovely recently Dan Hines who talked about seeking counselling, going to see a financial counsellor and getting all your money ducks in a row so you can communicate and not fight about the same fucking thing all the time. And uh, wedding donors and how much our parents and close family members influence us and our decisions in wedding planning to me is a big subject and I'm really excited to to be bringing you mild stroke. Really excited to be bringing you an episode all about that and giving you strategies and ways to talk to parents about your decisions and just saying, even if they're not giving you money and they're just hassling you fucking constantly to say, back off, mum, back the fuck off in a really nice way that won't make her cry or disown you. There's something really nice about seeing people take up some of the some of the ideas that I shared in the original Fuck It Bucket episode and one of them that a lot of people have really clutched onto and I'm delighted because I couldn't agree more and is wedding transport. It's getting rid of the fancy cars. Now I have nothing against a lovely fancy car. One day I want to own a Porsche because I'm a bourgeois wanker. But uh, that one day is going to be fucking down the track, I tell you that. I like a fancy car, but I don't like the idea of you burning money to appear, as I say in that other episode, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but the idea of appearing in a very fancy car, but all of your guests are tucked away in a venue. So no one sees you in the car. You have the moment in the car, but then what's the point of being in something fancy if no one can see you be fancy? (laughs) Maybe that's not the attitude. Maybe rich people are like, I don't care. I feel fancy and I know it. So I don't care if someone sees me. But then I don't think living in London and going down some of the really, really fancy streets like uh, in Chelsea and in Kensington and you see all the people in their Lamborghinis and shit and they're just like literally doing laps. I think they like being seen. But that can't be every rich person. Oh, God, stop saying rich people. Rich people. Okay, so the point was fancy cars. I loved Bride Chiller Courtney said, hiring fancy cars to us to take the bridal party to the venue and then to take us away at the end of the night, we've decided to put in the fuck it bucket. We'll have enough family to help us with transportation or we'll just call a lift. Yes, great. I must add, for those listeners not in the US of A, lift is just like Uber, just a rival to Uber. One area I didn't talk about very much in the original Fuck It Bucket was flowers. Oh, flowers really, really touch a nerve with a lot of people. And as I've said before, I have nothing against florists. I love florists. I think you're very clever. You get up early. You've got to make things look pretty. But what you do can sometimes be expensive. And there are so many wonderful examples of bride chillers using alternative means, not floral things in their wedding decor and decoration. Bride chiller Jessica Wright said, I'm putting real flowers for bouquets and centerpieces in the fuck it bucket. I was recently at a wedding where all the flowers died overnight because it was too cold to keep them outside and it was too warm inside to keep them unless we froze ourselves. There are many, many very clever fake flower manufacturers and fake flowers is not is probably not giving it a good enough term like way to describe it because fake flowers reminds me of things that you see in shops or hotels where they're just covered in dust and they're faded and they look shit a lot of the 
like Michaels and, I, you know, I have no affiliation with any of these people, but a lot of these big craft stores sell amazing-looking faux flowers. It's probably the best way to say it, a faux flower. And it does give you time if you're using them for maybe a flower crown or you're doing something fancy on a table or potentially around a pew. A faux flower can be a lovely alternative and doesn't mean that you have to just use the faux flowers. It means you can incorporate real flowers on the day, but for the bigger, fancier backdrops and stuff, it can be a lot more affordable. And as Jessica said, if you are in climate situations, whether it be hot or cold, and it's very hard sometimes, especially during summer weddings, to predict how it's all going to go down, maybe an alternative and a great option is to put some of your real flowers in the fuck it bucket and just ignite them. Don't burn them or just donate them to somewhere else. And um, use other other forms of flowers. And that includes paper flowers and uh, also your wooden flowers as well. Hi, Chillas. This is Anita Vaughn of Anita Weds. I'm a life cycle celebrant who officiates unique wedding ceremonies and officiates them in the Chicago area. So I wanted to tell you that as far as ceremonies go, I'm a big believer in putting tradition in the fuck it bucket. That doesn't mean that you can't have a beautiful and meaningful ceremony. Um, It means you should have a ceremony that reflects the two of you. So in other words, if you want to include a unity ritual, you don't have to do the unity candle. Um, Do it if you like it. But I've had couples include all sorts of unique alternatives. Um, I had two brides who mixed a cocktail during the ceremony. Um, They were recreating the love potion they drank on the night they met. Um, Another couple did a community blessing ritual where guests were given little packets of Legos and asked to make a wish while holding the packets. The Legos were collected and the couple later used them to build the Lego beach house. Um, I've also had couples who did a tree planting, sipped beer, ate cookies, and even shared pancakes. So bottom line, if something isn't meaningful to you, don't do it just because you're supposed to. It's your wedding. You're not supposed to do anything except marry the person you love. So dump the traditions you don't like and have a little fun. Yes, very good advice. Have a little fun. Whenever it feels boring or you feel like you are following a tradition mindlessly or you feel like you're just not interested in a certain aspect of your wedding, there are two options. One, personalize it. Just go hell for leather, you, as Anita said. I love the option. I mean, how cool. Make the Lego. Mix the cocktails. I mean, fuck, these are people are really going for it. They are leveling up when it comes to personalization. So you have that option. Make it truly you. Or second, throw it in the fuck it bucket. Don't include it. Ditch it entirely. I know we are all sort of, uh, we find the pressure of writing vows and going in deep and saying how we feel in front of people. It can be really hardcore. It can be challenging. May I suggest that you go back and listen to a couple of episodes of the Bride Chiller podcast. The one that comes to mind is with gorgeous celebrant Holly Smith. It's episode 117, uh, and it was about how to create a super wedding ceremony. And it's about finding your voice and different ways to convey your feelings that aren't necessarily, I take the person, person, do you take the person, person? 
That's a snoring noise. That was a weird snoring noise. I do apologize. My name is Emily Thomas. I own Emily Catherine Events, a wedding planning company in Durham, North Carolina. And the tradition I would like to trash is the guest book. I had a guest book for my wedding, a traditional guest book. And it uh, it lived on my bookshelf for about a year. Then we moved and it went into a box. And five years since that move, it's still in that box. So my suggestion, either trash it completely, put that guest book in your fuck it bucket, or if you really want guests to sign something, choose something that you would want out in your home anyway. Uh, a piece of art, a quilt, a game, something you would have in your home, whether it had signatures on it or not. It'll just make that item more meaningful. But having a book that has nothing in it but signatures, like you went to Disney World to get autographs from Mickey and Minnie, no. Fuck it, bucket. Emily, yes, I did mention in fuck it, bucket number one, my loathing as a guest to fucking have to fill out the guest book. I don't care to do it. I think it's fun when there are little Polaroids and all that stuff. That's great. Whatever doesn't require me to pick up a pen and do a long, meaningful scribe of feelings and all this sort of stuff when I've had three cocktails and there's a line of people behind me. Or the worst thing, I don't know if you've been to weddings where they're like, no one signed the guest book. Alicia, can you go around and ask people to sign the guest book? Oh, the worst job. That's a job to give to friends that you don't want to be friends with anymore. That's a job that will put your friendship in the fuck it bucket making your friend go around and make people sign the guest book. Because really, as we just discussed, the whole idea that you're probably not going to go back and look at this thing. Find a guest book. Find something that has purpose and that has meaning and isn't, as Emily just said, just signatures in a book. No one cares about signatures in a book. If your house was burning down, would you save the signature guest book? No, fuck it, move on, fuck it, bucket. Fire sound effects. Hey Alicia, it's Katie Ann and Brendan from Aloha Wedding Productions in Honolulu, Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha and mahalo. We make, we try to make more like cinematic and creative wedding videos that are kind of tailored more towards the individual and personalities mm-hmm. of the couples. And uh, yes, and we're also engaged ourselves, so we've been loving listening to the podcast together. And listening to the Fuck It Bucket episode. We have found a lot of things planning our own wedding that we are definitely going to pitch. <laughs> like all the gifts. Yeah, like <laughs> like all the gifts we have to give everybody. Definitely going to... Fuck a bucket. Yeah, fuck a bucket. That's what it deserves to be. Sorry to interrupt Katie Ann and Brendan, but I must jump in and congratulate you. Oh, the gifts. Just everyone needs to call it on the motherfucking gifts. We all need to take a breath. Let's take one now. Ah... <sighs> That sounded weird. And think about the purpose of gifts. Why do we give gifts? We give gifts to say thank you. We give gifts to acknowledge someone's participation, to say that was meaningful to me and I am grateful. Gifts shouldn't be something that someone looks at and goes, yay, oh, thanks, or fuck, what am I going to do with this thing? Yay, I've got to keep this for a year. The fuck it bucket should literally be overflowing with all of the gifts, potentially, that you were going to give people. I'm not saying, like Cindy Savage said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm not saying you have to keep the gifts in the fuck it bucket, but this automatic belief you have to buy shit for other people to say that you are meaningful and they are meaningful for you, blah, blah, blah. It is overwhelming. It is simply overwhelming. And 
you just spend five minutes on Netflix watching all the documentaries about the sea being clogged up with shit, rubbish islands and sweatshops and all this depressing, morbid shit that you don't want to be thinking about when planning your wedding, but also you think about the consumerism and this idea that we have to buy, buy, buy and give, give, give and really... In all of the weddings I've been involved in and all of the weddings I've had people write to me about and share in-depth, really in-depth, wonderful blow-by-blow accounts, no one has ever said, well, Cindy, my maid of honor, got really angry because I didn't give her a special wine bottle that said, will you be my bridesmaid in a matching robe? And our friendship's over because I didn't give her that tat. And again, I'm not saying... If you want to get wedding robes, I'm not saying you you can't have wedding robes, but I'm saying there's this pressure I think a lot of people feel to buy big gift boxes and to give their fucking driver, you know, that drove them to the wedding a present. And it's just something that I think we can all work together to just cool it, to just tone it down a little bit. And I haven't even mentioned money. I haven't even mentioned all the extra money you spend on this stuff. That's not even been a factor in my thought process. This is more just about giving unnecessary things when literally you can buy a lovely card, write something down, and just give it to them. Oh, thanks for that. We haven't even gotten to Brendan and Katie Ann's suggestion for the fuck it bucket. I've just went on a bit of a rant about gifts. Gosh, I need to take a moment. But anyway, we have a fuck it bucket thing of our own that has to do with videography. Yeah, so we believe that we don't think everybody is going to sit through and watch their hour-long full ceremony. Um, We believe that having the key best parts of the ceremony wrapped up within the highlight, which we also provide, is, you know, probably what you're going to want to watch. Especially if it's like a Catholic wedding, you know, you, you probably don't need to see what the first and second readings were in the gospel and the homily and all this that, you know, is just like a normal mass. Yeah, and you might be able to save a little bit of money, too. I mean, it never hurts to ask to hit up your videographer and, and you know, it saves them a little bit of editing time. And really, the the highlight is that the, it's an emotionally driven piece that should capture what you really care about. And your wedding video appreciates over time. Like, we hope that the first time you sit down and watch it is going to be an experience in itself, you know, cozying up on the couch with a glass of wine and your partner and... Um, But then 10 years down the line, that's when it becomes real special. And you get to see, you know, the people that were there who have changed or are no longer around or um, the things that you may have missed because you were hopefully in the zone. And um, so anyways, thanks for uh, everything you do. And we are so excited and glad to be part of this awesome community. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. See you. Bye. Happy days. I love the concept of the highlight reel and it reminds me a little bit of a teaser reel or a show reel that you would see in the entertainment business for which I am marginally part of. And it's true. I think a lot of the time we have very short attention spans. And as Brendan said, if you're going into sort of a highly religious, long ceremony, which is great if that's what you're into, uh, but a lot of the time making your friends or family or inviting them making was a bit harsh inviting your friends and family to watch the wedding video they don't necessarily need to sit through all of the religious parts of it again I was going to say something like the psalms or the I don't really have any understanding of it so it would be offensive probably however a highlight package fantastic idea because you can hit the most memorable slash air quote important moments but also 
Like Hedy Ann very sensibly suggested, there could be some negotiating there. You don't want them to spend 17 days editing together this epic four-hour production, Scorsese-style production, director's cut. If really you just want a five-minute, hit the amazing points, get it. It doesn't mean you can't keep the footage of the whole day. You can keep all of that. But also the expectation that you need this huge, long, Oscar-winning drama piece. Just throw it in the fucker bucket. Oh, I love that. It's empowering to let it go because, to be honest, I'd love a show of hands in the room of people listening who are currently already married, who have maybe invested in videography, which I don't think is a bad thing. Videography is great, but it's how you edit and make sure you present the product. How many of those people have gone back and watched their full wedding video? The highlights reel? Good idea. Thank you, Brendan and Katie Ann. Before we jump to a super quick break, I want to share lovely Erin's voice message. Um, she's great. She's sassy as, and she totally gets the bride chill away. Hi, chillas. I'm Erin from Plain with Sprinkles, a planner from Western North Carolina. I would love to add last minute DIY decorations to the fuck it bucket. So many of you are stressed as fuck with getting the last minute crafts done, burning your fingers with hot glue and crying over your crafts. So my recommendation is to not do that. Make a list of your must-haves and your list of if it happens, it happens. Prioritize that shit and let it go. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Also, don't do any crafts the morning of your wedding. Just don't. Happy days. Yes, Erin, from someone who did do craft and DIY the morning of her wedding. Please, please don't do it. Put it in the fuck it bucket. Let me hear it just drop to the very bottom of the fucker bucket. Don't do it. It's also really hard to tell people who are very keen, going back to flowers that I was speaking about before, a lot of people are keen to DIY their own flowers, and I'm really for that if that's what interests you and you've had a go at it and you've got some training, you've watched some videos. Again, not taking this away from florists. I think it is not everyone's bag to do that. And to take on that responsibility and to worry about these little details, especially in the 24 hours before your wedding planning, you don't want to do that. You want to throw pre-wedding stress in the fuck it bucket. And that includes anything, any task that could potentially go wrong that you're in charge of. That has to go in the fuck it bucket. Or you have to find a backup plan. Don't be saying, I'm going to do my own flowers in the morning. Oh, I'll finish glue gunning this in the morning. Oh, my dress still needs to be made in the morning. Just don't do it. Just use your noggin. Use your brain. Use the power of chiller. By the power of chiller. And that is don't take on projects that require your personal attention, your fingers, your nimble fingers, the morning of your wedding, even in the 24 hours before your wedding. There are lots of things that you want to be doing in that time and fucking glue gunning something putting together a flower headpiece is probably not top of the list. Ultra quick break coming up after the announcements. <laughs> after the announcements, I am going to share with you a fantastic voice message from uh, photographer Edit Denning, who 
really she did a big long message and I feel bad that I can't play the whole thing but I might actually include it in an upcoming episode that's specifically about photography but she's got some amazing suggestions as well as uh, bride chiller regular lovely Erica who's talking about smashing the fucking patriarchy getting rid of some of the female skewed or the idea that everything has to be female skewed in the wedding planning process I love it putting that in the fuck it bucket straight away and also John and Zara from John Woolock Media are talking about unnecessary paper items gosh we print a lot of paper items that no one gives a shit about more of the fuck it bucket the sequel after this Here's a very special deal for people listening to the Fuck It Bucket sequel. If you would like to receive 15% off a Bride Chiller pack, that is the Bride Chiller Survival Guide, Bride Chiller Field Guide, and a Happy Days tote bag, all you need to do is use the code word FUCKIT. That's F-U-C-K-I-T at checkout, and uh, that will be yours. I want to jump back to some of your comments and just a little personal anecdote that really makes me giggle and um, it's to do with getting ready photos. Hannah, Bride Chiller Hannah, posted saying that's what she would put in the fuck it bucket. She says they're all staged anyway. The point of photographs is to document memories, not forge them for a pretty album or Instagram. And this works very well because in a couple of moments I'm going to share with you a voice message from Bride Chiller Vendor, Directory Member, Edit Denning. She's a wedding photographer who has some very fascinating and great thoughts about posed photography and also just a bit about keeping the authenticity of the day when it comes to photography. But my little tidbit about this subject is we were at Belinda and Luke's wedding in Hawaii. Belinda is my dear cousin. Very close. We're very close. And uh, they got hitched in Hawaii. And Belinda's an Aussie no shit, and Luke's an American. And we had this great amalgamation of cultures and ideas about what a wedding is. And it went so well. We had such a great time. But I had this we had this very funny moment when Belinda was getting ready. She was putting a dress on. And she's a bit like me. We're very similar, actually. She's the blonde version of me, five years younger. But we just connect very well. And we really both feel the same way about the bullshit and also just not wanting to spend time on, you know, (laughs) photos of dresses hanging up and all this stuff. I'm not saying that it's not important to some people. It just didn't interest me. And on the day, I know she wasn't interested in that stuff. And she had a lovely photographer who did an amazing job. Her photos were beautiful and she was very cool. And very quickly picked up on the vibe that Belinda wasn't really interested in these posed getting ready photos. Now, I know my Auntie Anne really wanted a couple of photos of her, you know, doing the dress up and just those little moments before the wedding. And she she captured them beautifully. But I remember Belinda going, oh, fuck, are we doing this? Am I pretending to brush my hair or put a, you know, like it was all posed. And I got the giggles so much because even in amongst all of the fuss and you know, excitement of a wedding. There was still this Belinda tone about it. And if you go back and listen to the episode she's featured, just if you go into um, search in, in thebridechiller.com, Hawaii, all her posts and uh, audio from her wedding come up. And, you know, she's great and very funny. 
But just this moment of her going, oh, are we fucking doing this? I don't really, I don't, do we want a photo of the dress? I don't, does anyone care? Are we going to ever look at this photo again? <laughs> and the photographer was so gorgeous going, oh, okay. They're these people. They're Australians. They're not that fussy into this stuff. Okay. And she perfectly shifted her tone and she had a laugh with us and moved on with the day. And she took some, as I said, gorgeous photos, but she just realized we were not those people that were interested in all the mock-up posed photos at the top. We were putting them in the fuck it bucket and happily spent more time chatting and genuinely having moments together rather than standing around and having these sort of posed photographs that just weren't meaningful to us and more importantly weren't meaningful to Belinda. Okay here is Edit. I love her. She's fabulous. My name is Edit and I'm a documentary wedding photographer. I live in Phoenix, Arizona uh, but I'm originally from Hungary so we do travel to Europe a lot mostly during summertime, June, July and I'm so excited that we're accepting European weddings during those times of the year. My passion is to photograph multicultural weddings because I am also in a multicultural marriage and I find it fascinating to watch how couples put their different cultures and traditions together. My wedding photography style is mainly documentary, which means that I like to just observe things that are happening around me and watch people interact with each other and capture when I see something meaningful or interesting happening. So the first thing that could go in your FIB is any type of setup that you would have for the sake of having perfect pictures taken. A lot of times photographers want you to move to a certain area or do certain things just so the picture is going to look perfect. And I know that I'm talking against myself because I'm going to make my job harder. I just feel like once somebody starts to direct you, you are going to get out of that moment, out of that emotional feeling of, okay, I'm getting married. I'm putting my wedding dress on. The time is finally here. And you switch your mindset thinking of, oh, this is actually a photo shoot. I think photos are for you to remember that day, not to, you're not photographing for a magazine. You're photographing so you are documenting the wedding. You know, when you have kids and you want to talk to them about the wedding and you're going to look at that photo, you're going to remember of that moment as why that was meaningful to you not because oh the photographer just told me to step out in front of the building because it's prettier same as like if you decide to have a first look which absolutely needs to be pre-planned so you guys don't see each other until you actually get close to each other and then you turn but it breaks my heart when I see Mostly videographers, sometimes also photographers say like, okay, now walk closer, walk closer. And then you're like just right there to touch her or his shoulder. And then they say, okay, now stop and just smile. Look left, look right. It just kills the moment. I don't know. It has nothing to do with the fuck it bucket. But I think it's very important to make this decision and say like, you know what? I am not going to worry about thinking that I want every photo to look perfect 
and stress about that. I just want to enjoy the moment and just tell your photographer. And I don't want you to think that I'm talking against those photographers who do have a setup and do want to fluff your dress and make your hair look perfect because some couples do want that those type of pictures and that's completely fine. And that's why I love when every vendor has a specific style and a specific way they work so you can easily find them and make a decision based on what you're looking for. And the last thing that I absolutely want you to put in your fucking bucket is perfection. And I know that Alicia is also preaching all the time that perfection does not exist and we need to stop stressing about it because we see so many pictures perfectly post style shoots that people put so much time and energy into it and most of the weddings are not like that because it's not a photo shoot it's an actual event with a lot of people with a lot of things going wrong or looking different than you imagined and once we accept that and we put our values that we're getting married, that we are with our family, that we're starting a new chapter in our life. If we can get to put that higher, then we can just finally relax and have a good time. And when you have a good time, you're going to have good pictures. So at the end, all I want to say is you do you. Instead of perfection, just focus on reality Focus on making memories, focus on spending time with the people you invited, enjoy your food, enjoy the music, enjoy your time with your partner. Don't worry about getting your dress dirty. Don't worry about not looking perfect because if you feel good, you are going to look gorgeous and everything else can just go in your fucking bucket. All right, that's all from me. I hope I was able to give you some helpful tips and advice. And thank you so much, Alicia, again, for giving me the opportunity to talk to your listeners and record this message. If any of you would like to talk to me or have some questions, then just uh, find me on Instagram. My handle is at editvashadi and uh, my website is editvashadi.com. E-D-I-T-V-A-S-A-D-I dot com. Bye, chillers. Photography is such a personal decision, and I really want to reiterate and exactly what Edit said. We're not saying the pose stuff isn't cool, but also just be mindful that those memories, those moments, are certainly so wonderfully captured when they're genuine when there's an authentic moment I know we go back and look at our wedding photos and there are moments that I didn't even know I was being photographed that sounds creepy but it wasn't and they're the moments where I remember that conversation I was having or I remember that that moment but I had no idea that she'd captured it they are the photographs for me that are truly meaningful and really do just spark that little bit of memory So if your photographer has this big, long list of photos that they're saying they're going to take and that does not interest you, then please insist on chucking that in the fuck it bucket. And if the photographer says, no, 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 I only do pose stuff, and if that's not what you want, then you've got the wrong photographer. Chuck that in the the photographer fuck it bucket. (laughs) Be gentle with them. They're people. Be nice. But maybe you need to pivot and find someone that wants to photograph your wedding in a way that you want it to be photographed. 
Don't feel forced to stand in a row and do the lineup photos if that's not your scene. But also remember to get the photos with the people that are meaningful for you. I know that a lot of people go for the casual photography or the documentary photography and then look back and go, oh, I didn't get a photo with Nana. So if there are important photographs to you, make sure that you are noting them and communicate that with your photographer. Otherwise, chuck all this formal stuff in the fuck it bucket and relax a little bit. And honestly, your photos will look more authentic and real if you're not being barked at and told what to do all the freaking time. That's gonna, I'm going to get in trouble with photographers. I can feel it. Sorry. I love you. Hello there. Um, I'm Sharma. I'm a wedding photographer in South Florida in galaxy far, far away. And I think in my years photographing couples, the three things I've seen that getting more and more popular into the fuck it bucket. Um, the first one is programs, menus, any paper goods that you would do during the ceremony or during the reception. Um, I think more of my couples think that it's a waste of money. Um, they, instead of doing like the individual paper goods that probably gonna end in the trash anyway, they prefer to do like a big sign or something to tell people no, if that's important to them to have them have the program or the menu or anything like that. Um, the second one is favors. Um, more and more of my couples are deciding to not waste the, the money on the favors. Um, they're already like throwing this amazing party for the, for their family and friends. So um, the two things that I've seen is like either they don't do anything, they do something, they don't do anything or they do something edible, right? That you can take and it's not clutter or anything like that. Uh, or the other thing that I've been seeing a lot is like they take that money and they, they'll donate it. Um, they donate it to their favorite charity, like, you know, soup kitchen or cancer research or, or whatever it is that is very important to them. And the third one that they get, is getting thrown into the pocket bucket um, more and more is any tradition that is not important to the couple. Um, and by tradition, it means like, doing the bouquet, doing the garter, doing the white dress, um, having mom and dad walking down the aisle or doing any protocol like first dances or cake cutting, like all those things that people assume they're going to pass or there's traditional things that you would do in a, in a wedding. They're just like, nope, this is not important to us. So we're just not going to do it. We're just going to do something else. And, and it's very, very interesting to see it. Um, because it kind of makes sense, especially when you know the couple It's like, yeah, you know, of course they're not going to do a first dance. They're going to do a group, group dance or, um, they're being together forever. So they want to walk themselves down the aisle and, and it's really good when, when couples, like if tradition is your thing, it's perfect. Like just do it, go for it, do the full thing. Um, but I love when they're, it's not for them. And then they decide like, yeah, you know what? No, we're just going to do a ceremony and then we're going to go to a party. That's it. Um, so my saying was like, don't be afraid to put anything in the bucket bucket. Um, remember it's your day. Um, it's you're, you're the one throwing the party. It's for you. It's a celebration about you love. So just do it your way and have fun. That's what it's supposed to be. Have fun. See you later. Thank you, Sharma. Sharma has beautiful photography. She does lots of geeky nerd weddings and uh, has contributed a lot to the Bride Chiller blog. I think adding a charitable aspect to your wedding 
if it suits you and if it's something you believe in is a really great tip and it's a lovely way to throw favors in the fuck it bucket but also still put something on the table say something lovely but say hey instead of giving you something worth five bucks we've given this charity five bucks worth of goodness Let's all just remember as guests that we're not offended if we go somewhere and there isn't a gift on the table. Especially a shitty gift that you're like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do with this stuff now? Got to put it in my handbag, got to carry it in the cab, it's going to get left in the hotel. No one cares. Fuck it, fuck it. He's John and Zara. Hey, Bride Chillers. My name is John. And I'm Zara. And we're a husband and wife team of wedding filmmakers called John Warlick Media. We're based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. So one more thing you can add to the fuck it bucket, in our opinion, would have to be the programs. Because in all honesty, people just leave them on their seats after the ceremony, and generally you'd have so much so much of them left unused that it's just wasteful. Most people won't need it because the day of coordinator would guide the guests to where they need to be and at the right time. Also, people might be looking at the schedule instead of the couple, and like the saying goes, you should not anticipate, you should participate. John and Zara, I'm stealing that saying. Oh my God, it just changed the game for me. It really did. You should not anticipate, you should participate. Yes, so often we're treating our guests, and so often in life, actually, you get to a fucking airport and the stupid uh, walkie-thon thing, what's it called? Escalator, travelator's going, please remember to step off the escalator because you're an idiot. It really shits me off. We're being treated like fucking dummies. And granted, these things are created because there was one fucking dummy that just didn't step off the travelator. And I do think we've gotten to the stage we are over-papering, we are over-instructing, we are over-communicating to our guests every fucking detail. And to be honest, they don't need to know. Is the, the minimum they really need to know is where are they showing up, when are they required to be there, if there's a dress code, what is it? And potentially how long it's going to go for if there's a transport thing. Is there transport provided? That's it. It could be mystery show. And for a lot of the time, it's nice to show up and go, oh, I'm going to let loose, let go. And for the next six hours, I'm in the hands of my hosts, the couple and their parents potentially, and just enjoy it. I agree that the program can actually be a bit, a bit, a bit, blah, 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 be a bit of a distraction. That was like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. that's all, folks. Um, and also, it's something that people fiddle with throughout the ceremony. If you watched, and I'm sure you did, the royal wedding, that is Meghan and Harry. The one thing I kept referring to, Rich, who just didn't give a shit about it as much as really I didn't. I was morbidly fascinated, probably for different reasons than other people watching this thing. But they were all given programs, and so often their heads were down, the guests. Whenever they were you know, doing cutaways to the guests for reactions, their faces were looking down at these programs, and it really annoyed me because I was like, participate in what's going on. What you're reading down there? What's so interesting? Maybe they've given them novellas. I don't know. Maybe she had a – maybe Kate out of bloody mobile phone. She was doing some texting. I don't know. But it just felt like – do we need to know this stuff? Yes, if you've got hymns or if you're getting people to participate, give them cues. But I don't know if people really need to be guided through 
The one thing I'm going to be very hypocritical and say that if you are inviting people who aren't used to your cultural traditions, religious traditions, sometimes it's nice to give them a heads up of what's going down. If it's for, you know, I've used the example, I've been to a Greek Orthodox wedding, had no idea what a Greek Orthodox wedding really specifically entailed. Um, and it was confusing a little bit and it would have been great just to know what was going on because it wasn't in English. And I would have liked to have known, you know, what's the deal? That might have been a good bit of information or before the wedding on a wedding website or something saying, by the way, here are some of the things that are going to happen in the day and this is what it means. But otherwise, I think we can cut back on the instructional shit, put it in the fucker bucket and save ourselves some time and money and also get people more actively, attentionally involved in the day. New word. Hey, Brightchillas. This is Erica with Falia de Events. And also, you've probably seen me around in the community since I'm one of your admins. Um, the thing I would like you to all throw in the fuck it bucket, and this might be a hard one for you, for some of you at least, is uh, the idea that it is just the bride's day. And I put that in quotes because you're getting married and that takes two people. And in some weddings, there is no bride. And some women don't feel like brides. And on and on and on. There's plenty of reasons why there might not be a bride per se. But that idea also is harmful to um, to us um, just in the, in the sense that by putting it all on the bride and making it all about the bride, we're also putting all of the emotional labor and all of the decisions and all of the pressure on the bride. So, yes, it's, you know, when people say, oh, it's your day, they're celebrating you, but also it's reinforcing this gender stereotype that, you know, women care about pretty frilly things and that women, you know, women are going to be doing the, the bulk of the, the wedding planning and that they should be doing that when really wedding planning should be a, a thing that is uh, taken on as a, uh, as a partnership. Um, so set yourself up for a really strong partnership by splitting the work, uh, splitting the decisions, um, and, and really making this wedding not just about you, but about your partner as well in equal measure. And call your vendors out. If you see them referring to it as the bride's day, or if they refer to quote unquote their brides instead of their couples when talking about other, um, other couples they work with, um, just, you know, be aware of this and, and let's help like kind of move this industry in a more egalitarian direction. So thanks a lot, guys. Uh, have a great day. Great suggestions, dear Erica. And yes, I, I've had lots of bride chillers get in touch and go, I'm so sick of one of my vendors always referring to it being my day. What? It's our day. And also, I'm particularly talking about straight relationships here, this idea that guys are not interested so they won't talk to the partner or vendors have meetings with the boy-girl partners and they go, so what, is you, what do you want? And they just refer to the chick all the time. It's like, that's offensive. And also... As Erica said, not doing much for the industry when it comes to moving things into the modern days. Fuck it, bucket, all that shit. And the patriarchy, down with it. Hi, everyone. This is Brianne Dodge from This'll Be Your Wedding, Vancouver, BC, Canada's first DIY wedding planning service. So what I do is I do wedding planning. We do primarily day of 
coordination. We do some partial planning with couples who uh, want a little bit more of a hand, but we're all about making sure that our couples really get to personalize their wedding day. And that's probably the most important part of what we do. And that being the case and being a part of the bridezilla community, I often tell my couples to just throw things in the fuck it bucket. I wouldn't say that there's one thing that is always thrown in the bucket or one thing I will always recommend to like toss away because everyone's kind of different. They have their own ideas about what their wedding day is going to be. And that's exactly what it should be about. It should be about your own ideas of your wedding day. So I think there's no really right answer to the thing that everyone should throw in the fuck it bucket. If a client were to ask me what what thing should I not worry about, and I, I would have to say that's tradition. While traditions can be super beautiful and amazing and can really help you personalize your day, it can also alienate you from your wedding day because they don't represent you. Like walking with your dad down the aisle or having somebody say readings at your ceremony, saying speeches, doing the first dance first, um, doing the ceremony before the reception. There's all these traditions and rules and regulations that are kind of seen as commonplace in the wedding day. And I feel like those are the things we need to chuck. Or at least those are the things we need to analyze a little bit more closely and kind of ask yourself, why am I doing this? Are you doing it because it's tradition? Are you doing it because you couldn't imagine your wedding day without it? Are you doing it because there's familiar pressure on that specific tradition? Just, you got to stop and ask yourself why you're doing these things that everyone's doing. And while it's not bad to do it, I just, we just need to put it under a magnifying glass and just really make sure that it's who we are. One thing that my husband and I threw in the bucket bucket was walking down the aisle separately. I mean, we'd already started our journey together and the marriage wasn't, wasn't the start. The wedding wasn't the start. It's just a continuation, right? So we decided to throw the walking down with our parents uh, into the fuck it bucket. And we started our marriage as a pair because that's how we were going to live the rest of our lives. And, well, our parents, my parents, were as thrilled with that idea because both my mom and my dad wanted to walk with me. It was important that we do it that way because it represented better who we are. I guess to kind of sum everything all up, like... There's no one thing I would suggest for everyone to throw in the bucket, but if you're going to start examining your wedding day and to see what you shouldn't include, start with the traditions, start with what you usually see, and think about if it's you and how that represents you as a couple, and should you change it, or should you just get rid of it completely? When working with our couples as well, uh, whether it's partial planning or uh, day of coordination, we make sure that we ask them about all the traditions and see what traditions are important to them. But if they're like, oh, I haven't even thought about it, and we're a month out from their wedding, it's like, well, is it is it important to you? Is this something that you need? Because it's good to know that it exists, but if you don't need it, let's just toss it. Being able to make informed decisions about which traditions you're tossing it's also, like, I, I love the idea. If you are looking for 
uh, wedding planner or uh, a day of coordinator here in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, online. Everything is Thistle B, spelt like the flower Thistle and then B-E-A. It's a really bad pun my husband came up with and I just rolled with it because I loved it so much. Um, and, you know, thistles are... Thistles are beautiful flowers, but they're also prickly to the touch, so you got to know how to handle it just right to make sure that you aren't pricked in the process. And that's kind of what we do with your wedding. Um, we're there to show you how to handle it and how to make sure it doesn't prick you in the process of planning it. So that's all. Um, happy days, everyone. So I left Brienne's message until last because I really think she has summed up the whole point of the fuck it bucket, and that is you making choices. I open this episode with Cindy saying, start with everything in the fuck it bucket and then take things out of it that actually have meaning to you. And I wanted to end with Brianne saying the same thing, to really reiterate that you shouldn't feel pressured, you shouldn't feel obliged to do anything and if the two, these are the only two episodes of the Bride Chiller podcast that you listen to, I think you will get the most out of the ethos and what I am really, really trying to do with this community and my books and the podcast and the whole kit and caboodle. And also finding your voice and being empowered, sharing that voice and making sure it's heard. And that means... Just ditching the shit that's not meaningful to you, ditching the shit that you can't afford, ditching the shit that's all from Pinterest and you look at it and go, why didn't I pick that? I don't know. I pinned it 4,000 times, so I thought I had to put it in the wedding. Spoiler alert, you don't. Chuck it in the fucker bucket and move on with your life. Because that's really what being a bride chill is about. It's about finding your time valuable. It's about making choices that are right for you and enjoying yourself. Having a good time. Just enjoy yourself. Treat yourself. There it is. That's the Fuck It Bucket sequel. What are you putting in your Fuck It Bucket? There will be a new discussion under the today's, under the today. I've really gone well with all of my correct word usage today. There will be a discussion in the Bride Chiller community and on the Bride Chiller Facebook page today. I'd love to hear what you have been inspired to put in your Fuck It Bucket or take out of the Fuck It Bucket. I love seeing people say, at the beginning, I thought this wasn't important to me, and now it actually is, or we've changed it so it is. There are no judgment in what you are putting in your fuck it bucket compared to what anyone else is putting in their fuck it bucket. I love to hear why. I love to hear the explanations. It's very exciting to me. Thank you so much for supporting Bride Chiller and sticking with me on this journey and joining me. I know we've got a lot of new listeners. Welcome to the people who have found me fire hitched. Mamma Mia in Australia, the Mamma Mia Podcast Network, have invited me to do a 10-episode podcast called Hitched, which is really like a condensed version of Bride Chiller. It's all of the stuff you need to know to get it done and come out of the the wedding planning process without losing your marbles. And I was so excited to contribute and connect with my Australian bride chillers, my Australasian bride chillers. And it's been a fantastic journey. That launches on June the 2nd, next week. So if you are listening in the future, you can go and download and subscribe. And uh, if you are listening in the present, we'll jump on board and subscribe and listen next week. Remember to use your special code word for the Bride Chiller packs. They are 15% off and the code word is fuck it. <laughs>
I look forward to seeing people using the code word. Show notes for this episode and links to all of the vendors included in the show can be found at thebridechiller.com. Head to the blog. You will see the show notes for episode 322, the Fuck It Bucket Part 2 Vendor Edition. Woo! I feel good. I feel good. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you love the show and you want to share it with a friend, that is great. I love seeing new bride chillers joining and saying, oh, I met from my friend. She's a bride chiller. Or she's a bride chiller graduate. Or he's a bride chiller graduate. And uh, it's just great to meet new people. Also, if you would like to take time to subscribe to the show and leave me a rating and review in iTunes or on Spotify, that'll be amazing. Until next week's episode, which is a Q&A episode. Gosh, I'm excited about bringing you more Q&A episodes. Keep the questions coming. I bid you fuck it, bucket, and happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right?